Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Clean Libertarian Podcast. And let's see, what have we had going on this week? Uh, a lot of talk about vaccine passports. That's not good. What the fuck is that about, man? Um, I saw there was a clip. I, I don't know what news station it was, but I guess some little, you know, remote island had a volcano erupt and there were crews cruise ships that were evacuating people off the island, but they would not evacuate anybody who did not already have the vaccine. Guys, what the hell is going on here? You know, I mean, there was a lot of talk. We saw a lot of animosity. We've seen a lot of animosity for the last year, but it just seems like it's really building up, you know, like completely and and totally dropping any semblance of humanity just because somebody didn't get a jab in the arm that you think they should have, you know, um, it's sad to see. It's really sad to see. And I hope that we can kind of, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know what the answer is, right? Like I, I don't know at all. Um, I am glad to see the whole idea of a vaccine passport kind of being a unifying type of issue within the liberty movement. Um, I, I see a lot of people really being on the same side of that thing. You know, usually you got the weirdos at Cato and Reason coming up with ideas on like, why why a vaccine passport might actually be good or something like that. But, you know, it seems like across the board, we're all in agreement. Finally, my God, it, it just took one of the most uh, insane types of of ideas to come down the pike from the state that we're all kind of on board with saying nah we're not going to go with that so um hold true to that guys stick stick fast to that um you know biden made some i didn't even watch it guys here's the thing and a lot of people are like biden's talking about guns like uh, let's all pay attention here's the deal guys uh yeah he's gonna talk shit about guns I guarantee you whatever he's saying, he didn't come up with the idea himself and he's going to misrepresent what he was told to say. You know, um, I don't know what executive order was signed. I don't care. You know, I don't care. I care in the sense that like, yeah, I wish they'd stop messing with the 2A, you know, but really, I, I think what's going to end up having to happen is we're going to have to start seeing some states nullify some of these ideas, right? You're going to need state legislators like, actually coming forward and saying, no, we refuse to abide by any federal mandate on on the Second Amendment regarding firearms or accessories. You know, I think that's how it's solved because, I mean, you had you had Trump in office, right? You had Trump, you had a, a GOP majority, you know, there for a little bit and uh, zero, zero strengths added to the second amendment. N nothing solidifying your right to own and bear a firearm. Rather, what we saw was curtailing of rights via executive order. So man, it doesn't matter which one of these clowns ends up in the White House. They're all going to be coming after more and more of your civil liberties. That's what they're there for, right? They're not there to do anything but restrict. Like that is their job. That is their purpose. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to get up in a tizzy about this right now. Right. Like I, I, I got plenty of other things to get up in a tizzy about, but, but the thing with, with the whole, the Biden guns thing, man, he, he, you knew he was a snake when he was elected. This is what they've been talking about. Uh, whatever, man. Uh, apparently 80% lowers are going to be going away, which dude, 
look, get you a Creality Ender 3. You can make your own, right? Like, fuck them. Fuck them. Uh, excuse me. I am, yeah, I get upset on this. So let me just go ahead and segue out of that. Uh, so that's kind of what's been going on for the week. Um, and brighter news, if, if you're interested, uh, the wife and I are actually going to go look at a house later on today. So hopefully by the time I make another episode next week, you know, we will be under contract. So we'll see, man. I don't know. The market is insane right now, man. Like people are putting in offers on houses before they even go see them. There was a house we put an offer in on, right? So I think it was like a Friday morning. Boom. House hits the market. We're like, oh shit, cool. This is us. You know, we liked it a lot. So before we even saw that house, we were like, hell, why not? Let's put in an offer in. You know, we can always rescind it if the inspection comes back bad. By the end of that day, not even 24 hours later, there was like six offers on this one house. Uh, yeah, it's just crazy town, man. Like the, there is way, way more buyers than there are inventory. So I don't know. Y'all y'all say a little prayer for me, some good vibes, whatever, you know, meditate, whatever your method is of, of sending good energy my way. I, I would ask that you do so. So, um, and, and with that, we'll, we'll get into some more positives. So I talked about some bad, uh, one good positive. We'll get into another positive. And today's episode is a solid positive. You know, how many times do we see people like there, we like to knock liberal liberals, for being virtue signalers. We do it. I do it. A lot of us do it. Oh, you're just virtue signaling, man. But you know what? We do it too. So many of us just sit around and talk shit on social media, but we're not actually doing anything out from behind the keyboard or our podcast microphone to bring liberty, you know? And my guest today is somebody who is actually doing that. You know, Connor... He is he has made um, work for liberty, right? And as the idea is that this he's created a network of other liberty-minded people in the movement, and they're helping each other find a job. Man, that's a hell of a deal. So anyway, I'm gonna butcher it. <laughs> the dude is a marketing expert. He's got the gift of gab. So I'm gonna go ahead and kick it over to him. So without any further ado, here is Connor. All right, and I am here with my friend Connor. Connor, what is up, sir? How are you doing today? Oh, life is good. Rainy Sunday in Pennsylvania, so uh, I'm actually pretty happy to have a, a bright, happy conversation on a rainy day. So this is great. <laughs> happy to be here. Man, I tell you, we could use some rain out here, but uh, you know, I, I'm just glad it's happening for somebody in the country. Now, <laughs> Connor, you and I ran across each other as as with the majority of my other guests on on Twitter, and um, mm. you, you seem to have a very clear knack for entrepreneurship as well as just, you know, community organization. Why don't you give yourself a little bit of a uh, intro there for the audience who may not know you? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I like to say I work for Liberty full time. Uh, and that means both my personal endeavors and my professional endeavors. Um, I'm the type of person that is really optimistic about liberty in America and liberty around the world. And I do think there's a little elbow grease to, to get there. So uh, I guess just kind of where I'm at right now, um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, my work as, as an author uh, and some of the ways that we're helping uh, grow the liberty movement uh, in my free time. And then in my nine to five, I work for a nonprofit that helps provide education and, and helps empower public sector employees when they have issues with 
public sector unions, uh, which is obviously a, a big topic in America right now, something not a lot of people are focusing on, but uh, something that is impacting every single one of our lives, whether we know it or not. Yeah. Um, and we'll loop around, but let's let's get into that book of yours, man. What What's the substance of it? What's that about? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think I'm, I'm going to go back to where this whole thing started. And, and I think it's, it's relevant. You know, you, you talk about the way that, that people are, live their lives, right? The clean libertarian and, and this kind of mentality of each, each person finding difficult times in their life and how they get through it. And uh, the book that I wrote actually came from a really difficult time, which was uh, being unemployed for six months. Uh, and, and living off my savings. I was working in a sales job where I was just not happy. I wasn't satisfied with what I was doing and it wasn't pursuing any sense of purpose. So I, I quit and I spent six months researching uh, where I could go to work, where I could find jobs that actually meant something to me. And uh, I was so lucky to land at a job that I, I, I loved and a place that I was at for three years. I actually just uh, made a move to a new organization just this past February. Um, but during those six months, I came up with a ton of research, where to find jobs in the liberty movement, how to network, how to connect with people, what are folks uh, in the liberty movement looking for uh, in professionals. And, and I, as I came back to that, I realized, holy cow, this information could really help a lot of people. Um, I don't know about you, but a lot of times when I talk to folks, they say, you know, they love liberty. They have this energy in their voice when they talk about freedom, right? You got the big taxation is theft flag behind you. Like <laughs> the people who have this passion uh, in their life. And then, then you get around to the conversation and you say, hey, well, what do you what do you do for a living? And the energy just goes out of their voice. You know, hey, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a contractor. I work in finance. I'm, I'm, a, I'm in a bank, whatever it is. Um, and I, I want to help people move from a place where liberty is a hobby to a place where liberty is a career. Uh, mm. and, and that's just such a such an incredible thing that, that we've been able to make some strides over the past year of uh, working on this project, which is great. Now, so, you know, while working on this project, do you have a rough estimate of how many people you've helped land a job in, in the liberty movement? Yeah, so we're recording this in uh, April here. So it's been about six months since uh, we, we launched the book and launched the community. And to my knowledge, it's a little, you know, typical uh, Liberty space that, you know, the metrics aren't super tight, but I know of at least 15 people that we have placed in jobs or internships and helped get them full-time work in the Liberty movement, which is just tremendously exciting to see. That, that is phenomenal numbers. I was yeah. not, six yeah. months and that many people, that is a hell of a deal, Connor. Yeah. Well, you know, going from zero, I figured if I put this book, my, I was telling my wife, uh, my goal for the book was if I can get one person who just says, Hey, this helped me change my life in a positive way. I was going to consider it an absolute win. And, uh, it's, we've been lucky to, to grow a community. We have a discord community of almost 500 people who get access to new jobs every single morning. We post new jobs in there. Uh, and, and it's been great to have people reach out. And I think the coolest thing is that it's not just me posting jobs. I post a lot, don't get me wrong, but it's that the community is coming together voluntarily to say, let's help each other out. Oh, you're looking for something in development, fundraising or communications. I got a friend at Cato. Let me see if I can uh, make an introduction or can I take a look at your cover letter? Um, it's one of the things that, you know, heck, the Liberty Movement is a movement that should be lifting each other up, right? Yeah. And instead we get so stuck on this infighting or these nonsense on the details. Um, 
we have voluntary association on, on our side and in our pocket. And it's an incredibly powerful tool to make the world a better place. That's a beautiful thing, man. That's that's a yeah. big, big thing. I, I remember, you know, I, I think I was in the Discord for a little bit. Then I deleted the app. And for some reason, I'm not in the server anymore. But I need to jump back in there uh, if I can. And yeah. I, I remember seeing it, you know, every single day, man, people coming on there and people actually helping each other out. That's a beautiful thing. You know, because we do, we have net, you know, networks and connections all across the country. Mm -hmm. You know, why not? Why not utilize that? You know, I mean, as a pro-capitalist movement, especially, you know, this should be where we're thriving. And I feel like you're really cornering the market on that deal, man. That's a well, awesome that's deal. <laughs> you know, there are other organizations out there that that kind of, you know, work as recruiters. I'm a huge fan of organizations like Talent Market, um, uh, you know, stuff like that, nonprofits that help people find jobs. But uh, you know, we're a little bit different in that it's a little more holistic and that we want to also make sure that there's a support network uh, during this time, right? Like this has been a weird year. I, I don't know if it has been for you. For me, it's been, it's been wild start to finish, yes. right? And everyone's yeah. going through stuff and it's, it's tough to be close to your people. And sometimes it's really hard to find your people. Uh, and, and I'm hoping that even if my, if this work for Liberty community isn't right. It's so important that people know that, you know, you're not alone out there and there are communities out there, people who are working to improve each other and, and make each other a little better. I mean, people are struggling. Let's help. Yeah. Without a doubt, man. Um, and I, you know, here I live in Oklahoma. So like, you know, we were insulated, you know, more or less from the lockdowns and thankfully, you know, businesses going out, but that's not the case across the country. A lot of people yeah. lost their jobs. And I would imagine those within the liberty movement, they really want to, if they did lose their job, they want to go back somewhere where they know that's not going to happen again. You know, yeah. and what better place to find it than there? Um, it now, have, in those type of terms, like, what did you guys see up around your neck of the woods during the height of the lockdowns and all that? Did you guys get affected? Yeah, I mean, so there are a lot of liberty organizations that I've seen who, uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, the biggest shift was that they they moved events to online forums or there's been a lot of things that are canceled, which I think is a tremendous shame because uh, bringing people together is so important. Uh, but one of the things I've been so impressed by is I've been in touch with various leaders at these ver in different organizations. Uh, a lot of them have committed to doing what's best for people and the long-term vision. And I think that's something that is somewhat unique in the liberty movement, right? All these other... Uh, many corporations, many businesses have either been forced to shut down because of you know economic uh, struggles or they've decided that they're not going to do their business in a certain way. Um, a lot of these nonprofits or think tanks or grassroots organizations that, that I post jobs for uh, at the beginning of the pandemic kind of scaled back. And now we are seeing dozens of jobs every single day. Uh, so I, I am of the opinion that we're on the other side of this, maybe not of the pandemic uh, as, as a whole, but we're certainly on the other side of it when it comes to jobs and opportunities to, to make a living and move past some of those initial struggles that happened during the pandemic. Um, you know, Pennsylvania is a tough state to live in. Uh, you know, Governor Wolf up here has not been particularly friendly to, to many businesses. So it's really nice to be able to say, hey, even if you're not in Pennsylvania, even <laughs> no matter where you are, let's try to find something that works for you, right? I'm a as I mentioned before, there's a reason why I quit that, why I wasn't at that job and, and why we looked for something with purpose is because so many people spend 
their entire careers doing something that they hate or they're, they're miserable. And I just think that's such a shame. 40 years of, of working hard. Heck, man, make it something that you love. You want to wake up every morning and make a difference. Uh, if I can help empower that for some people, and, and that's what I've seen in our community, uh, man, that's a, that's a huge win. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, nobody wants to feel like they're slogging through their work day, especially, right. you know, and if yeah. you can utilize, we as liberty loving people have a particular type of passion, right? And yeah. if you can, if you can grab a hold of that and make it, make you some money, why not? Absolutely yeah. go for it, man. <laughs> you're right. Well, I mean, that's what, that's what you're doing, right? I mean, you're creating content and you're putting a message out there to people and you know, I'm, I'm obviously hoping, I don't know what your books look like, but you know, the goal is to grow a show, right. That can allow you to do something that you love every single, like I have so much respect for that. Finding purpose in your work and what you're putting out into the world. It's, it's not easy. And, and anybody who tells you it is, is probably trying to sell you something. Uh, along <laughs> <Right>. the <way. laughs> I think I like, I got, I got an audience. It, it ranges anywhere from like 25 to, to 40, you know, and like, yeah. dude, I'm, I'm giddy with that. Like I'm happy. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, it's just like you said though. It's like, you know, I got this passion in my life and, and while, um, you know, what I, what I clock in my nine to five at, you know, may not be great. It's, you know, it pays my bills and I'm, I'm content with where I'm at currently, but this is what I live for. You know, these weekend yeah. chats that I get to post up because Connor, you and I, neither one of us can tell who's going to run across this episode. You know I mean? We're yeah. on all the platforms. And so, you know, there's a, there's a fair to good chance that somebody who's been really looking for an opportunity that you help present is going to find you now. And I think that's cool, man. I think that's an all right Absolutely. deal. Well, I think one of the things I, I, if you don't mind me jumping in with just a quick bit about that too, because uh, one of the things that I get is when I talk about uh, the Discord, for example, right? So there's a book that's available and that's more of like the tangible things, right? There's things about how to write a resume, how to write a cover letter, how to deal with behavioral interviews, and then a resource bank kind of in this in this book. Uh, but in the in the community, people can get access to new jobs every single day. And a lot of times what I get is, oh, well, you know, I don't have a PhD, right? So I'm probably not gonna be able to work in the quote, liberty movement because that's those are just academics who do stuff. Um, and I really wanna push back about against that because the kind of jobs that we've seen are, you know, we have, we have almost a thousand jobs in the Discord right now. And uh, they're everything from uh, door knocking to administrative jobs, lawyers, uh, accountants, uh, just entry-level communication, social media managers, fundraisers, tech jobs, front stack developers, back stack developer, like the number of the, the sheer variety of jobs out there in the quote liberty movement is massive. And I, I would never want anyone to listen to this and think, I wish I had a PhD so I could do something. No matter what your passion is, uh, if you're principally sound and you care about this stuff, there's probably a home for you and you could be making a full-time living doing something that you love. I'm really glad you said that because like that is one of the things that I crossed my mind, like, cause I'm not an academic, man. I got a GED and that's it. You know, I got a, yeah. I got a GED and a CDL. <laughs> that's my yeah. two, that's my education experience right there. There's yeah. the resume brother. So um, Love it. one other question I have, and it's a very important one. What about felons? Do you guys have a space for them within, you know, the job opportunities that come forth? 
For sure. For sure. You know, that's a, such an interesting question. One of the things that's, that I found to be amazing about the liberty movement, I'm a, I'm a huge criminal justice reform guy myself, and I, I work on that in Pennsylvania and, 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 and elsewhere. Um, but felons absolutely have a home in the liberty movement. Uh, you know, there's differing degrees. I think it, it'll change organization to organization saying, uh, hey, you know, this particular organization is not super friendly. But, you know, it's the free market, right? They're going to try to compete for and when they realize that they are missing out on an incredible talent pool of people who have a really unique skill set, hopefully they'll come around because there are organizations out there who are hiring felons uh, and who aren't uh, putting up barriers to employment like that. And they've landed incredible candidates. Uh, That's what should really matter. I think that's one of the things about the job market generally is you get the right person for the job doing the work. What happened in their past is not really so important, right? Jobs aren't necessarily there to judge people on their personal lives and and the struggles that they've gone through. Because as we talked about earlier, everyone has gone through really, really difficult times. And I've, I've realized more and more in the last year that as we are open books about our personal setbacks and our frustrations, I mean, the world is a messy place. We need to share that these struggles are out there, um, not just because it's it's helpful uh, to us to kind of talk through those things, but because people need to know that they're not alone going through the tough times and things get better. Um, and I just I'd hate to separate those two: the pursuit of purpose, the pursuit of jobs, and the and and the struggles in the past. Uh, the the future is bright, and and this is just one piece of the puzzle, hopefully, to um, supporting people in that in that journey to to a more fulfilling life. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear you you say that type of thing. You know, because I'm 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 squared away in a job right now, but if I ever went looking, like it's good to know that that you had that approach, and uh, I would imagine other people in the Discord do as well. You know, and Absolutely. you know, those of us involved in, in liberty tend to have a more favorable outlook towards you know the people who've been wrapped up in the criminal justice system than not. Yep. Uh, I would just be remiss if I did not hit you with that question. <laughs> <laughs> it's a super fair question, right? I mean, yeah. so I've written about this in a few different places where you know uh, where felons have have had their rights taken away, and uh, it's something that that we need to work on. It's one of the most important issues in America right now. Uh, partially because there are so many people who have already been through the system, but also you know, the research shows that the average American is committing three felonies per day. Uh, and that's a reflection on how many laws we have, not just uh, the reality for one individual or a group of individuals who are struggling. We are all at risk if we don't address this in a proactive way. Right. Absolutely. I, I, I always say, man, the only difference, because you, as you know, I, I am a felon myself. Uh, um, I always tell other people is that like, you know, the only difference between you and I is I got caught. That's it. Yeah. Right. That's it, man. <laughs> you know, yep. I mean, that's, I mean, at the end of the day, cause we all smoke pot. We all did this or that when we were younger, especially, you know, and some of us got caught doing so. And as a result, bam, you know, but, um, so I'm, I'm going to shift the conversation a little bit. How did you get to the place of Liberty? Were you, Mm. grown up were your parents you know liberty-minded or how did you get to this spot <laughs> yeah I, I feel very lo- I, I love my parents uh and and we actually we get along fantastic fantastically uh they are more liberty friendly now i think than they've ever been i i don't think that we had a particular ism or, or bend when we were growing up i got two younger brothers though and uh you know it was, it was a house where you got three boys like I think to a certain extent, there is kind of a, uh, 
individual responsibility has to come in because <laughs> raising three boys sounds exhausting uh, for my parents, right? They kind of just have to say like, please have some personal responsibility because there's just a lot going on. Right? Um, so I, I say that a little tongue in cheek, uh, but the real uh, entryway for me uh, was back in 2009. I was listening to the radio. I don't remember what program I'm guessing, you know, Glenn Beck or something back in the heyday. And um, I heard this boy, this guy talking and he was really compelling and he was human and he was, he was talking about some really important issues, national debt, uh, these en endless wars. He was talking about ways to make America better through uh, freedom and through individual responsibility. And uh, I, I kept listening and all of a sudden uh, he says, yep, yeah, my name's Gary Johnson. Wow. And that just this thing. So, you know, I was a freshman in college. I said, you know what? I have just, just the cojones enough to give his office a call uh, out in the uh, Southwest. And I said, hey, I'm a freshman uh, over here at a, a small liberal arts school in Pennsylvania. Any chance you would want to uh, fly Gary Johnson out to talk to our small libertarian group? Well, you know, we'll open it up. We'll make it an event. Um, and someone in their office said, yeah, you know what? Let's do that. So they flew him out across the country and I was able to, you know, host this event, get Gary Johnson and his voice. This is, you know, before he ran for president out in front of a bunch of people. And um, I got to have dinner with him and just talk to him about his views and his opinions. And for me, that just launched, you know, we have differing opinions on a number of issues now. Right. It's been a it's been a long decade of learning here, uh, but it would just opened up a door to say, let's take a closer look at this liberty movement thing and and it's been tremendously exciting to see where that has landed me uh, now after all this time. And that's awesome. So Gary Johnson was your red pill, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yes, he was. Yes, he was. Uh, I don't know if he'd be uh, right. He's been, he's been pretty quiet uh, the last little while, but uh, I, I, I would like him to know that I think he's had an impact uh, on, a, on many, many people's lives, probably more than he realizes. And, and that's a pretty cool thing. Um, it's something that, that you don't get a lot, especially in a, in a political movement uh, where it's often gets so divisive. Uh, he was always a unifying force in my mind. Well, that's awesome, man. But now look at you, you, you took that red pill and you're making a movement yourself. You know, that's a, that's a hell of a deal. We give back what we get. Right. So it's true. I mean, hell uh, now, what about like, you know, as far as like political affiliation goes, do you do any work on the ground outside of the, you know, your current project? Yeah, that's a man. That's a really interesting question, and it's somewhat timely. You know, again, I, I'm just going to be open and honest here because I think it's so important. As I said before, that's part of how like we find common ground of a lot of people. But uh, my commitment was uh, really uh, to move away from politics following this most recent election. Uh, in the past, you know, I volunteered with Gary Johnson. I've helped out, uh, you know, with the Jorgensen campaign. I helped find the media opportunities and, and get booked on a few. Uh, major podcasts and, and those sorts of things. Like I really care about uh, winning elections for liberty, um, but I found that uh, it, it, it's a grind and it's a struggle. Um, so my commitment is that I work almost exclusively on policies and principles now. Um, so I'm, I, I spend very little time and I plan to spend very little time on elections. Um, but what I, what I spend my time doing is talking to people. Uh, I, I'm a marketing professional, right? I'm the director of strategic partnerships at this nonprofit. And there's a lot of public facing things there. I was a, a director of communications at a law firm uh, that dealt with public sector union issues for the last three years before this. Uh, and that's a really powerful thing, I believe, to, to make these arguments for liberty in the court of public opinion. 
can change hearts and minds, not just get people to tick a box on the ballot. Because the ballot, don't get me wrong, it's important and it'll happen. But if we don't come to it with a with a human connection and and really want people to understand it because they care about it, not just because it's a it's a blip on the radar, right? Uh, you've seen the LP numbers, they spike around the presidential election, then they kind of dwindle for four years, and then they spike again. Um, that's a problem. Uh, and yeah. the only way we're going to overcome that is by hitting this in a principled way and living our principles uh, every single day of our lives. I think you've tapped into the formula because it's like, you know, what changes first policy or perception, you know, yeah. you know, it yeah. per, policy always comes after perception. And so we have to make that shift. And I think you being a marketing, you know, cat yourself and obviously well presented, like you could do a lot of good in that regard. And let's be honest, 2020 was a meat grinder especially for those of us who are, you know, trying to do the best we could for a campaign that continuously shot itself in the foot. Uh, Dude, (laughs) 2020 (laughs) was a meat grinder. I'm still recovering, Connor. Um, Absolutely. But so, yeah, no, I applaud you, man. That's a great answer. And I'm I'm glad to hear that. Um, So kind of shifted back into kind of some of the stuff we had talked about, like, you have a very um, unique thing that you do as far as like public sector unions goes. Can you, can you kind of get into that for us? Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to talk about that. You know, so I work as the director of strategic partnerships for an organization called Americans for fair treatment. And uh, you know, this is obviously me putting on my, my professional hat. A lot of the other stuff is just my personal opinion. Um, What, what we're talking about now is, uh, Organizations like public sector unions uh, are massive. They are able to exercise political power uh, that uh, unfortunately results in many people being trapped in union membership that they don't want or forced to support organizations that don't reflect their beliefs. So what we do at Americans for Fair Treatment is we educate and empower folks to help them move from a position of union dependence to a position of union independence. Um, so that could be uh, helping a teacher fill out the paperwork uh, and getting that, getting it to the right place to help them opt out of their union and leave the union. Uh, or it could be something uh, like making referrals to help an, an individual or a group of folks find free legal help to protect their constitutional rights. Um, so it's, it's a little bit broad. Um, but unfortunately, the public sector union issue is pretty broad as, as well. So uh, we're able to, to get into a number of different things. And um, when I say public sector, I should clarify as well. I'm talking about teachers. I'm talking about firefighters. I'm talking about uh, police officers. I'm talking about anyone uh, who, who has a government paycheck that is funded by taxpayer dollars. Uh, and we're able to uh, offer these people support as a nonprofit completely for free. Uh, which just is is an incredibly powerful thing as a five hundred one c three to to offer that and be able to change people's lives. Well, I'm I'm going to be kicking that info along to a uh, high school teacher buddy of mine. Mm-hmm. You know he's he's doing all the good from where he can. You know he's he uh, he does like a, a libertarian meetup thing for kids in his class. Oh, like wow. yeah, so like he's actually trying to spread these ideas and you know in the public school system you can imagine the type of barriers that he encounters doing so yeah. on occasion. But um, so like, what would you say would be the most um, beneficial things that you guys have been able to accomplish with that? I don't know that you kind of gave a brief outline, but is there a specific case or something that came your way and you guys were able to come through for him? 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, let me tell you a story about a guy named John Cabler. So John Cabler is a liquor store clerk in, uh, in Pennsylvania. And Pennsylvania is a little unique in that we have a, a government-run liquor store. All of our liquor stores in the state are owned and operated by the state of Pennsylvania. No wow. private ownership. Yep. So it's kind of a unique thing. Uh, there's only a few states that operate that way. Um, but this individual, John, uh, really great guy, uh, was so excited for this job. He wanted to work in the liquor stores uh, because they're, you know, they're good jobs. He, he gets to interact with people, gets to do work that's meaningful. It was convenient for his life, uh, you know, uh, a step up from the pay that he was making before. Um, so what he did is he shows up, he gets the job, which is the, just an incredible first step. And he shows up for orientation. And what he did is walks in and the union rep who had exclusive ability to share information about their services uh, at this orientation meeting tells him, you can either join the union and pay a portion of your paycheck to the union, or we will not put you on the schedule. You will not have a job. And John, what? not knowing any better. Yeah, right. So, so John looks at this and he says, well, I love this job. I want this job. I'm really excited about this job. I had no idea this was a thing, but okay, like I got to do what I got to do. So he signs his name and he goes off and he starts work only to find out a few months later that that was not true. That hasn't been the case since the 1930s that you have to join a, a, a union as a condition of employment. Um, so we were able to step in, provide him with education, um, referred him to uh, lawyers who are able to help him. Uh, in that particular situation, the union actually made a really interesting error where they actually put that in writing. They put something uh, about that was inaccurate in writing. So it was a relatively simple, straightforward thing to get handled. But I think it's so powerful to, to say because a lot of folks out there struggle to learn their rights and certainly don't know their rights on a daily basis. And, and that's something that we spend a tremendous amount of time and effort doing. We run campaigns uh, just to help put education in people's hands. And I think what we would say that, that uh, a lot of organizations may not fully understand or people I think should understand this point is that if you're educated and you decide that you want to join a union, more power to you. That's fantastic, right? This is an intensely personal decision whether or not to join an organization like this. Uh, so yes, of course, join the union if you would like, but we demand that those rights of those who choose not to join the union are also respected. Yes. Uh, and, and that's just such an easy line to draw. Yeah, yeah. So like I... <laughs> And this is kind of one of those areas. And I know for us libertarians, we kind of get stuck in the in the weeds way too easily mm -hmm. when talking about some things and, and unions are no different. But I am pro-union, but man, I am not pro that type of mentality. Like, right. you know, knowingly falsifying information. I mean, you're threatening someone is what you're doing. You know, yeah. that that is a violation of the non-aggression principle. You know, I mean, you're talking Absolutely. about taking somebody's livelihood from them. Um so, and, you know, I was on uh, Blue Star Union last night. We were, we were chatting it up and we were talking about like the, the tangled spider web that is litigation and, and rights, especially yeah. in like, you know, workplaces and, and things like that. And it's almost like it's by design that it's so uh, marred with legalese and, you know, it, it's hard, man. It's hard to understand that. So. Yeah. Just knowing that you guys are out there kind of like helping people navigate that, man, that's honorable. You know, that's a wonderful that. thing. 
So this this guy John, he's doing good now. Is he still working at the liquor store? He is. He's there. He's working. His rights are protected. You know. So I should clarify one thing. You know, there's a there's a difference, uh, and it's a relatively recent 2018 Supreme Court case that I think kind of draws a line. That I, if it's all right with you, I'd love to just share a little bit about yeah, it. Yeah, go for um, it to make sure. Um, that people can understand because I think it's helpful for John's situation specifically, but also for many people uh, across the country. In 2018, there's a Supreme Court decision uh, called Janus versus AFSCME. Um, and this was a guy uh, from Illinois. He's a child support specialist. So he was uh, working a job that was tremendously meaningful to him where he was able to give back to his community. And uh, prior to 2018 and this decision, uh, even if you decided to not join a union, like in the case of John Cabler, right? He said, he could have said, I don't want to join a union, but prior to 2018, he could have been forced to pay fees to the union. So he had a choice to pay full dues, be a member or pay fees, which were oftentimes 90% of the dues anyway, right? So, so it's not even really a discount. You're, exactly, you're, right, yeah. Wow, <laughs> wow. But it was a constitutional issue, right? You have the right to not be part of the union, um, which was an important an important piece for sure along along the road. Um, but what this individual said, what Mark Janice said, uh, I've had the chance to meet Mark. He's a really great guy, um, kind of grandfatherly, right? Uh, and and he said, listen, the union right now is bargaining to give me a raise. But this is a tough economic time. Giving me a raise because I'm in the public sector means taking money from my community to put money in my pocket. And I don't feel right about that. Uh, what the union's doing is, is not in agreement with me, even if they claim that they're fighting for me, I should not be forced to pay them money as a condition of employment. I shouldn't have to give them money in order to do what I love in my job in the public sector. So yes. this went all the way up to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court thankfully agreed with him. And they said, in fact, you have to provide affirmative consent to have money taken out of your paycheck. So what the situation is now, post Janus, we'll, we'll call this time since 2018, is all of these lawsuits and all of these situations where people have attempted to exercise their rights to leave the union because now the choice is pay full dues as a member or pay zero dollars. So you can literally put around 700 to a thousand dollars a year as a teacher, for example, who pays union dues. If you disagree with the union, you don't, you don't want to be a member. You can put all of that money right back in your pocket. Uh, and, and you do not have to uh, be forced to comp to pay a union uh, in order to keep your job. Beautiful. I mean, that, yeah. and as it should be, you know, as, as it should be. <laughs> um, thankfully now I've, you know, Public sectors are a little bit different out here. I, I've never worked there myself, but mm. Oklahoma doesn't seem to be as bogged down with that type of thing. But I've heard horror yep. stories. You know, I've heard lots of horror stories about it. And so, um, yeah, it's just good to know that there's some advocates now. Are you are you guys nationwide, or are you central there to Pennsylvania? Uh, so we are active in Pennsylvania and New York right okay. now. Uh, however, I'd say we're, we're set up as a national organization and, and anybody who has a question, uh, please reach out. Uh, Americansforfairtreatment.org. Uh, head over there, fill out a form. Our phone number's on there. You could also email me, Connor, C-O-N-N-E-R, at A-F-F-T.org. Um, even if we can't help, what, we do, what we're really good at doing, in my mind, is saying, hey, this is an issue we can help. Let's get involved. Or 
we know someone who can assist you and, and we, we like to make friends, right? That's why we have a director of strategic partnerships to be out there and, and help develop relationships where we can make referrals. Uh, what we'll never do is slam the door on someone and say, eh, it's not our deal. Sorry, good luck. Uh, we're always gonna be there to, to make sure people get the resources and education they need. Well, right on, man. Well, um, Connor, man, thanks a lot for coming on. You got anything you want to plug real quick before we wrap this up? Uh, I'd say anybody who's out there and, and is thinking about one of two things, if, if you're looking for a job in Liberty, uh, please be sure to, to stop in the Discord and, and check it out. Make sure that you're checking out the jobs uh, and let me know how we can be of service. I'll make sure you have the link for the show notes to uh, – it's kind of a, a permanent link so you can always access the discord and hop in. Uh, and then I'd say, give me a shout if you have any questions about your rights as a public sector employee or, or anything else out there, uh, anything that's unclear. We're an education organization, so I'll always be here to, to support. And again, like I said, if I can't do it, gosh darn it, I'm going to find someone who can and make sure that you get what you need. Right on, Connor. Well, man, you're doing all the good. Thank you so much for what you contribute to this movement, because a lot of us talk a lot of shit online and we don't really follow through, but you, you are one of those cats who's following through. So thank you very much. Likewise. I really appreciate it and uh, love your content. Keep it up. Absolutely. All right, man. We'll see you around. Have a great day. All right. And there you have it. Thanks a lot to Connor for coming on and explaining what beneficial things he's doing for the community. Uh, you know, he started it and the other people are coming in. So if you are an employer, you know, you're somebody who's looking for a specialized part or a specialized, you know, employee, uh, this is your better, best opportunity to do that. You know, this is, this is the way that you can get like-minded people, you know, to work for you or simply work with you. You know, I, either which way, man, this is a beautiful thing. Like, I, I'm pumped up about this, man. So um, check the show notes. You'll be able to find his social media links, and you'll also be able to find a link to the Discord. And from what I understand, from what he explained, you know, that Discord's kind of ground zero. That's where they're all kind of getting together and sharing some of this information with one another. That's where these job postings are going. So if you're in the market for either a job or an employee, bam, here you go. You found it. So, uh Great job, Connor. Thanks for everything you do, not only for the, you know, uh, the employment aspect, but also the unions and, and, and things like that, man, you're doing great work. So, um, with that, I'm going to also give one more shout out guys. We have some new podcast artwork now, dude, top lobster. I am going to tag him in the, uh, show notes, check him out. The dude is awesome. He, he does some great artwork. And uh, anyways, you'll see. You'll see. I, I'm, I'm assuming you're seeing it right now. You know, the, the podcast artwork has officially changed. That is Top Lobster. He hooked me up, man. Now we look kind of somewhat professional, right? Look a little bit better than my... Uh, well, I mean, you still got to see my ugly mug, but it's a cartoon ugly mug, so it's a little less ugly, right? It just looks a little bit more polished, a little bit better, so... Man, huge shout out, huge thank you to him. Go check him out on Twitter. He's also got a merchandise store. This dude is a monster. He is doing tons of good stuff. Um, and we want to support people within our within our movement. And uh, could think of nobody else better. So, yeah, there's that. And going to go ahead and transition into the song of the day. This song aligns perfectly with the interview that we had today. Uh, this is an old UK, you know, punk band called Cock Sparrer. I know, outrageous 
name, but they got some really, really good tunes. And this song is called Working. And so going to take a sabbatical from the hip hop and stuff that I've been doing, go back into the roots, go back into the punk rock. So with that, without any further ado or ranting on my behalf, here is Cox Sparrer working. Yeah, I've been working all day for me, mate. 